0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. This week, we continue our focus on biggest issues impacting businesses globally, and along with bringing you updates and critical events happening in these countries, we're always fortunate to be able to bring in our local ELA lawyers that are practicing on the ground and helping their clients every day move through difficult times. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, we've been getting updates from around the world, initially from members in China, then Italy and Korea, then all across Asia, Europe, down into Latin America, and into the U.S. Today, we're going back to Asia to check in with our member in Hong Kong. Joining us on the program by cell phone is Cynthia Chung. Cynthia is the lead partner for HR and other related law matters from Deacons. Cynthia, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Pete, and thank you for having me
0: glad to have you. I hope you and your family are safe and well.
1: Thank you. We're just doing fine. Hong Kong is actually not faring too badly, and we've had very few new cases in the last couple of weeks. So we're looking forward to some more easing of our restrictions.
0: Wonderful. Well, you know, in the wake of all the reporting we've been doing on HR and employment-related issues during the pandemic, a lot of firms are providing us with the counsel they're advising their clients on and how they're dealing with employees and layoffs and but in today's program, I think we're going to take a different approach. And I'm excited to hear about the survey that you did on corporate culture and how corporate culture is being impacted in your part of the world. So if you can do that, just give us a sense of what was the purpose of the survey?
1: Sure. Um, so we did the survey in the fall of last year. So that was actually before the crisis, but it actually ended up to be quite timely. The reason, though, why I started the survey was because my colleagues and I in our employment team we're seeing a huge increase in employment claims. And we're not talking about just normal, you know, claims for monies or, you know, any terminal payments, et cetera. But it's really more in relation to whistleblowing cases, whether it's harassment, bullying, management style, and certain management misconduct. This has really raised our concerns because obviously the the Chinese in their culture is not someone who likes speaking up. But an increase in these cases really caused our concern in that we were trying to find out why all of a sudden all these cases were being brought up. Maybe there has always been all these cases around. It's just that people haven't brought them in or they've just realized that this is something that they really needed to voice out on. So that's why we thought it would be good. And this is, I understand, the inaugural survey in the legal field of something of a similar nature.
0: So Cynthia, give us a sense of the size of the survey. Where did you go get your clients? And and was it mm. was it just workers or did you get a balanced approach from resources in a management field?
1: No, no, no. We certainly did a wide range of surveys. So basically we did over a thousand working professionals. They could be in-house, human resources, and legal managers. They could be workers, they could be professionals, they could be Juniors, they could be trainees. So it's really very diverse. And also, when I talk about diversity, of course, we also make sure that in our survey sample, we have people of different ages. We have the Z generation. We have the sort of more experienced workers. We also have basically a good split of male and female as well.
0: And in addition to having general managers, was there any HR influence or did you look at it with a legal lens? I know deacons certainly would take mm. the legal perspective on that.
1: Yeah, both, because actually later on, I'm going to talk about actually in-house councils play a role in creating a company's corporate culture, but obviously HR also plays a very important role. So both were definitely interviewed.
0: Well, let's jump into what some of your key findings were from the survey.
1: The most interesting finding was that two-thirds of the employers actually think that they have been doing extremely well in creating a great corporate culture. And frankly speaking, I think I'm one of them. I thought, you know, wow, you know, I think our firm did a lot of things for our employees, and, you know, we have a really good corporate culture. But the most interesting in this report is that an equal number, if not more, i.e., two in three employees actually think that their employer were not doing so well. So they were actually giving a fairly unfavorable view of corporate culture of their current employer. So this survey really has indicated that there is this huge mismatch between the employer's thinking and the employee's expectation.
0: So it seems like employers are really overestimating what they think their work is doing. Maybe a good commercial or a good sign or a good slogan, they think that's going to carry the day, but apparently not.
1: That's right. And we find out why this might have happened. And mostly it would be because employers actually use different ways of thinking what corporate culture or at least what they think is good corporate culture, whereas employees, particularly, we find that the younger generation have a different view. They might focus on things which are no longer sort of financial. They look at more things for flexible, for example, working hours, for example, the company policy in terms of childcare and, you know, the development, training, et cetera. Whereas the employers always think that they would be able to keep their employees if they give them very high pay, great benefits and that's where we have a good corporate culture but clearly there is a mismatch there
0: so it sounds like employers traditionally use their corporate culture as one of the ways to attract and retain talent but it sounds like in your survey this actually may be having a negative effect
1: yeah so well negative in the sense that i think they're looking at different things which then have this mismatch and for some reason there is no communication as to you know what each other wants so for example in our survey companies would describe their current corporate culture to be, you know, collaborative or structured. They're like an extended family. But the extended family is really the least thing they think about when they talk about corporate cultures. On the other hand, employees actually put extended family supportiveness, et cetera, as very high in terms of what they're looking for in a corporate culture. Whereas goal oriented and other collaborative factors is actually lower than what the employers think.
0: You know, I'm thinking about certainly some of the companies that I've worked for over my career. And one of the things that that I can remember happening is I would always say, we don't have this in our company. And someone would say, well, yeah, sure we do. You haven't looked in the handbook. It's right there. But yet it was never clearly communicated to me. So are companies doing an adequate job delivering and communicating policies that might be in place already, but yet the employees perceiving them as falling short?
1: Well, definitely in our survey, what it came up was that employees actually don't really understand the policies or some of them don't even know where to find the policies. So despite that, some employers may spend hours and hours doing their policies. Apparently, they don't communicate it well enough to the employees. So, you know, employees may think that, oh, you know, the company is really bad. They don't do this and that. But the company said, no, if you look at the policy, we do all these things. But the employees never know about it. So that was actually quite interesting so the lack of communication from senior management was actually one of the things that the employees were extremely concerned of course other things like domination the hierarchy actually is going also to be a big concern for employees in that you know they want to be heard the employees wanted to be part of you know not necessarily management but they want to be heard they wanted policies to have you know basically taken into account consultation with employees which some employers had had apparently neglected
0: it sounds like one great step in the right direction is to take one of those employees in that generation and make them the communicator of policy you know develop some opportunity for employees to participate not only in the evolution of policies but in the communication of them
1: that's right and actually for some of my clients they have gradually sort of set up committees for you know, generating policies for the company. As I say, not necessarily they'll do everything that the employee wants, but they would most certainly try to listen to them more in order to come up with their policies. And also in our survey, we asked companies and employees respectively as to who should be the people who actually set corporate culture. From a company perspective, they think that obviously senior management should be the leader. But then they think that, well, it would be HR. HR. must be the second most important person to set corporate culture. Then comes the CEO, the board of directors. and they actually rank the staff as the lowest, or in some of the cases, they actually don't think they need to even talk to the staff. On the other hand, as you can imagine from what I said earlier, from the employee's perspective, while senior management still need to set the goals, they need to set you, know, the framework of the corporate culture. But the second most important people, the staff think that should be involved in setting corporate culture is actually the staff themselves. So CEO and board of directors should be next. And actually they think that HR professionals should be in a supporting role rather than actually those setting the corporate culture.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. So the survey was fantastic and I encourage our listeners to download a copy of that. Again, we'll talk more about that at the end of the program. But Cynthia, In general, what were your findings and what are some of the recommendations you're giving?
1: Well, most certainly, I mean, I think from our survey, it's this mismatch that I talk about, I think we really needed to focus on. And I truly believe that the reason why there is an increase in employment disputes and complaints is largely because of this lack of communication, particularly in terms of, you know, things which employers have done in the workplace that employees don't feel is appropriate, but they didn't want to voice out. And by the time they voice out, it will become a complaint, it will become something, you know, explosive. So regular communication is certainly very important, I think, coming out from this survey. And secondly, obviously, we talk about policies, well-crafted policies, and, you know, having people to explain these policies to their employees. I am finding myself now more involved rather than just giving legal advice is to help clients with training up their own employees. So, for example, I would be giving seminars on, you know, what is sexual harassment, how should we deal with it, and also what some of the policies means, grievance policies and all that. So, it basically makes sure that, you know, employees and employers come in close together rather than, you know, the employers thinking they would do something and the employees, on the other hand, you know, just don't know what's happening. So, establishing and articulating policies would be something that I would strongly encourage employers to do. And also, of course, you know, to create a safe culture where employees can freely exchange views, because that's the only reason why many of these times that you actually have complaints, you have grievances, rather than having employees who can actually feel very safe that they can actually exchange views and not being retaliated against.
0: You know, it seems like today in particular, now that the workplace has changed so much, you know, the typical all hands meeting in the cafeteria or in the auditorium. In many parts of the world, that may not happen for a long time. So now, trying to communicate becomes even more difficult as people Mm. are distributed as a workforce. I'm sure you're seeing the survey gave some feedback on that as well.
1: Absolutely. Although our survey was done sort of prior to the crisis when everyone could still actually meet up. But obviously, one of the things that, again, interestingly from the survey, is that the employees actually are not very well aware of the technological facilities that the employers are providing what system do they have what sort of remote access the company has so actually if i can speak for hong kong when the work from home all of a sudden becomes a norm you know people were kind of at first panicking you know people were saying oh can i do this at home you know how can i even talk to my colleagues at home and also employers didn't quite know how to set expectations They just tell people to go home, you know, do your work at home. But how do you do that? And how do you make sure that they stay focused and, you know, not be distracted at home? So gradually towards, you know, we started having COVID-19 around end of January. So in the first month, I remember in February, we were, you know, internally and obviously also advising clients how to actually ensure that there is an effective way of working from home, you know, not seeing each other when we're so used to do. But rather, you know, we would set expectations for our employees, have regular meetings. You know, Zoom, of course, is something that I think, you know, my nine-year-old daughter knows already, you know. And so these are the sort of things that you need to promote to employees and make sure, as I say, that you have regular communications. And actually, to be honest, when people are stuck at home, you don't have an excuse not to attend meetings. So it actually has been quite good. I mean, for my team, for example, when we were working from home. We would have meetings on Zoom calls every couple of days. So just to make sure people are well, just to make sure that, you know, they're in line of what they're doing, make sure, you know, how we're going to maintain our business, keep it up. And also, I think speaking to each other, looking at their faces through, you know, the screen actually really helps. And and they're in a much more relaxed environment, whereas they don't need to worry about, you know, too much. And of course, safety is something which the employer was most concerned about. So that actually could work out well.
0: It sounds like it, Cynthia. And you know, I think this is a great kind of snapshot of what you found in Hong Kong, but the paper in corporate culture certainly is a global issue. So just in closing, why is corporate culture particularly relevant in times of crisis like the one we're facing now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's again, you know, whether or not this is coincidental, I thought it was actually quite interesting to have this survey and then, you know, this crisis, which unfortunately no one wants to come. But By establishing a good corporate culture, somehow you will be able to focus on how and what you can do for your employees during crisis. So for example, as I was mentioning, because in Hong Kong, we actually didn't have a complete lockdown. We never had. And so it was all quite partial, quite voluntary. And so some companies wanted employees to come back to work. And some said, no, 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 they have to come back to work and not give them any support. And so that kind of really showed some of the cultures of the employers saying they're still top down. You know, I want you to work. You're my employee. You know, you just continue on. But some are really, really caring. You know, they make sure that they have good policies. They communicate with their employees. For example, I had a town hall with my colleagues and, and said, look, you know, how do you feel about coming to work versus, you know, having rosters or you know, actually having entirely, you know, working from home, some actually said that they don't mind coming in the office, but they would like flexible working hours, and they would require their secretaries to come in only if needed. So it was a good open conversation. Whereas at the end of the day, what we want to achieve, why do we want corporate culture is so that everyone is happy, the happier our employees, the more productive they are. So at the end of the day, I think corporate culture plays an important role in times of crisis, because Whilst, you know, you have a crisis you already have to deal with and spending a lot of your energy on, if you also have to spend energy on coordinating your staff, not knowing them, you know, how to deal with them or, you know, or forcing them to do things that, you know, they they don't want to, that would really cause a lot of conflict. So setting a good corporate culture, setting policies based on your corporate culture, I think would really help in time of crisis.
0: Cynthia, that's great advice. And again, to our listening audience, this is not something just for Hong Kong. So to get a copy of the Corporate Culture Survey created by Deacons, our ELA member firm in Hong Kong, please find a link to it on their member firm page at ela.law. Cynthia, thanks so much for your contribution, and I hope you and your family stay well.
1: Thank you so much. Same to you, Pete.
0: If you'd like to connect with Cynthia from Deacons, our ELA member firm in Hong Kong, or any of our lawyers around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law. Just go to the big Find a Lawyer widget in the center of the page, click on the drop-down box, choose your jurisdiction where you can reach out to our lawyers by email or phone. Also, while you're on the website, make sure to sign up for upcoming webinars, download other white papers, get on-demand content from our library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.